1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And what kind of prompted me to go forward and to go through with it was I looked at my corporate job. I am looked at my situation and I'm like, don't know if property investing can work, you know. Maybe there's a 10-15% chance that this whole thing will actually pay off. No idea.
0: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Taran Sham and in this episode, we're back with the owner of Mortgage Channel, Michael Shah. Not one to be short in stories, he fills us in on the rest of his Newcastle property drama and tells us the tale of his first trip to Logan, Queensland. While many investors shy away from this area in the past, Shah made a decision and stuck to it and is reaping its rewards. We jumped straight back into it by picking out where we left off last time. The last we heard from our investment superhero, he was taking on a mission involving his Newcastle property being played by vandals. With the neighbours already on the case, Shah and his dad took to the road to help out and hopefully catch the villains red-handed. But
1: after a couple of times, what we actually realised, it was the kids that were living in that property before. And because they knew it was vacant, they would come in and then they will just trash the property for fun. And it got to the point where, because then we got the police involved, they went to the school and then everything. But kind of the final straw when the police started to take it quite seriously is they somehow got heaps of tires, like car tires, and they just all stacked it in the backyard. And the thinking behind it was that it was going to light up the whole house. <laughs>
0: Even you and I'm laughing about this, but my gosh, that's crazy.
1: <laughs> and there was one time where the police almost caught them, but the police saw them in there jump over the back fence. The, the police obviously didn't give chase. So, But I think the kids realized, oh, freak, you know, they're on to us. And then they kind of stopped after that. Thankfully, they didn't light it. But through that whole experience, the sleepless nights, you're going into property investing, not knowing if it could work. And then there was points of time I was like, freak, maybe I should just sell this property, not have to deal with the headache, don't even know if this could work. And what kind of prompted me to go forward and to go through with it was I looked at my corporate job, I am looked at my situation and I'm like, don't know if property investing can work. You know, maybe there's a 10, 15% chance that this whole thing will actually pay off. No idea. But then I looked at corporate and I looked at where my manager was his lifestyle and also you know what his salary and what his day-to-day life was and I'm like okay I am no 100% that that's not what I want so if it's 15 20% success rate compared to 0% frick all oh, I'm just take the 15 20% so it's very very difficult managed to kind of get through that thankfully fingers crossed the insurance came through and Funnily enough, after everything was repaired and we got the insurance payout, we actually came out ahead it ended up being a free renovation. So through all the headache and everything, yeah, it, it was worthwhile. But I can tell you during that time and during the sleepless nights, it's not something then when you're first starting out that you wanted to go through. And I guess the reason for sharing that story is everyone goes through that in your investment journey. For some people, maybe their first purchase is really difficult. They're dealing with, you know, maybe a dodgy agent or they come across a tenant that trashes their property.
0: Shah has seen this happen time and time again, including to his own clients.
1: Some of my clients had this scenario where they invested in Brisbane. They held it for a couple of years and then it just got too hard and they sold in 2019, 2020, just before the market moved. Yeah. Or, you know, in some instances, some people get lucky. They have a dream run. But then maybe for their third or fourth property, they come across it and they're like, freak, this isn't for me. And then they stop it. But it's a numbers game. It will hit you no matter when. So my kind of key advice is when you do go into property investing, don't think it's beers and Skittles. Don't think it's just money growing on trees and you're going to be rewarded forever. But be very clear of why you're doing it. Because at one point in your journey, you'll be tested. And it's going to be the reason why you're doing investment property and what you want your future goal to be that will actually pull you through.
0: While buying interstate isn't unusual today, this wasn't the case just 6 to 7 years ago when Shah shifted his sights out of Sydney.
1: I had a lot of hesitations in terms of buying interstate Um, and I remember vividly going to property chat meetups. And I remember sitting across from a lady, and I think at the time this would be 2014, 2015, and uh, she had three investment properties in Brisbane, and I was just blown away. I'm like, how do you even manage? How do you even look after properties in another state? Because it was just so foreign to me. Um, And it was actually, I have to thank Rolf, uh, my mortgage broker, that kind of pushed me to look outside my comfort zone and how in terms of in my comfort zone i was and how much i wanted to and needed to touch and feel the property is one of my properties is in coffs harbour so it's about a five hour drive each way i would rather jump in my car do a 10 hour round trip to coffs harbour and back rather than jump on a plane and take a one hour plane ride to home to, to to Brisbane.
0: I remember that and I was like, wow, you must be, I don't know, you're, you're a freak of nature to be able to do five hours and not even take a stop a lot of times and then come back after a whole day.
1: <laughs> it, it was just a passing comment at the point, at, at the time from Rolf actually, and it was like, freak, like you drive 10 hours to go and check on your renovation in Coft Harbour. Why don't you jump on a plane, come up to Brisbane? And then you're going to be there and back in a couple of hours. It's going to be a lot easier than what you're doing now. And I'm like, oh, actually, yeah, that's a pretty good point. But up until then, it was just so foreign. And I still remember, like, the story behind in terms of my first trip up to Brisbane. So up until then, didn't fly interstate in Sydney. It was just something that you don't, like, I didn't really do. Um, And being a tight-ass Asian, I booked Tiger to go up to uh, Brisbane. I had no idea that Tiger made you check in 45 minutes before your flight. I just thought, oh, okay, you would go, you know, kind of when the takeoff is and then you'll jump on a flight. Just had no inclination of it. Um, And I turned up to the airport half an hour before my flight, and Tiger's like, no, sorry, you can't board. And I'm like, the plane's right there. And they're like, no, sorry, it's company policies. So, me and my dad were flying out because I was not very confident. So, it kind of took my parents with me, took my dad with me. So, we had to pay an extra $800 just to change flights. And the next flight was like four hours later. So, I literally landed in Brisbane, had time to see one property and it was an absolute crap deal. Then had to jump on the flight back and then come back to Sydney. So, for the price of literally four air tickets, and also only see one property that was my Brisbane trip when I came back. But the main difference is when I landed back in Sydney, it just gave me so much confidence. I'm like freak, I did something that I did not think I could do. And then after that, I'm like okay, I think I can do this. I think I can buy interstate.
0: Once he knew he could do it, he was faced with the next question, where? The process behind choosing the right location was a long one but well worth it in the end
1: there was a couple of different sources that i would use and for anyone looking to buy interstate starting out new looking in a new area then i'll kind of follow this sequence so i read a lot on property chat and uh, i mean property chat is great in the search function you can type in any suburb and there's literally 10 pages of people talking about any particular suburb um and As long as you go and read through all of that, you'll have a pretty good understanding in terms of what the dynamics of that certain area is. Um, And like to give you an example, um, when I first started, for some reason, I was interested in investing in Wagga Wagga. Never been to Wagga Wagga in my life, but I could tell you the good pockets and the bad pockets of Wagga Wagga just from reading Property Chat. And so that was a similar approach that I took with Brisbane. And I remember having a map next to me reading these posts and every now and then someone would then say, hey, look, you know, this suburb, don't buy in the street and then I'll make a note on my map. Go back and then read and then make another note on my map. And then over time, you formulated on particular suburbs where to buy and then where not to buy. There were some really experienced investors that I started chatting to and some of them just helped me immensely. Uh, There was a lady on the forums called Beanie Girl and she helped me a lot because she was very experienced with the Logan area And I remember reading her posts on SummerSoft and just getting a lot of information on that. So she definitely helped in terms of formulate my strategy in terms of purchasing in Brisbane.
0: He flew up to Brisbane every two to four weeks packing property searches into every second of his weekends a way that he could.
1: I can tell you right now, waking up at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday after you've worked for a week. Jumping on a flight, driving around for a whole day looking at open homes, coming back on the three-hour, uh, the um, three PM flight to come back to Sydney because I didn't want to pay for accommodation. There were times during that I'm like, "Freak, what the hell are you doing?" <laughs> I mean, it was okay if you found a property, but I mean, most of those trips were fruitless, and uh, uh, I I. I I guess it was just really wanting to, you know, quit corporate and having that goal in mind that really kind of pushed you ahead. Um, But yeah, 100%. There was times during that period that I was questioning myself. Um, And then on top of that, Brisbane, as you know, did absolutely nothing for the next five years. It's almost like you put it in terms of the, you know, um, the um, gym analogy where I've been going to the gym for six months, but where's my six pack? And it's like, you know, I've bought two properties and I've held them for three months. Why am I not financially free? <laughs> so, I mean, it, I mean, it's funny to say that, but uh, it, it, it is so true. And you don't see those results for a long time. And properties is such a long-term gain that you don't ever know because, I mean, we can talk about capital growth and that's kind of a separate topic, but you just do not know when properties will go up. So, all of this time, you think you're doing the right thing but are you really and that definitely plays on your mind over time.
0: He was able to overcome this and keep going but not before squeezing in one last side-splitting story.
1: On that first trip that we went up, we went to hire a car Um, and me and my dad went to the hire car place. Uh, I think it was called Alpha Cars or something and the guy at the counter goes, where are you going to? And I'm like, Logan. And he just made this face and goes, why the hell are you going there? And I'm like, to buy properties and like, And he was like, are you serious? Property prices never go up there. That place is like the biggest dump ever. And my dad's like pulling out my shirt. Are you sure you want to do this? (laughs) And and then also when we drove to, and then this this was Logan. So we drove to Logan. Don't know really the area. I've um, only read out about it and somehow the streets took us to Wood, to Woodridge Station. And for those that know Logan, Woodridge Station is like the roughest part. And when I got there and I got out of the car, I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> what they say on the forums is actually partly true. <laughs> After we drove around, some of the other pockets were a bit better, but yeah, that was definitely. So that planted the doubt in the seed. So in terms of your question, kind of what overcame that and how I kind of stuck to the course, I think it was a lot of conversations that I had with other investors.
0: Conversations with other investors have helped him out more than once. He uses these experiences to offer advice to those just starting out.
1: Who you speak to and who you surround yourself with is so important. And I mean when I first got into property investing, I was just so excited by it. It was like as if I had discovered sliced bread. So I would speak to anyone that would be willing to listen to me. So all my high school friends, whenever we had a catch up, i would just give them lectures about property investing <laughs> and then why it would work. And they were like, freak, here, here we go again. Michael's going to go off on a tangent. And they were all telling me that I was going to start with what happened in the GFC in the US and I was bringing it to Australia and they were all adamant I was going to go bankrupt. And you know, of course, when you're starting out, that plays on your mind. Other, you know, uh, family go, oh, you know, I don't know if they can work and stuff like that. But the thing that kind of got me through that was going to property chat meetups, speaking to other investors, speaking to people that had come before me. And I remember having a few conversations with people from the forums that had, you know, 20, 30, 40 properties and some of the things that they said and some of the regrets that they had. And there was two things that kind of stuck out to me, which was a common theme where a lot of investors reflected on the early stages. One of them was when they could buy, they didn't go hard enough. So maybe, you know, they bought one every couple of years. And when they looked back, they were all like, oh, freak, when I had that opportunity, I wish I bought a little bit more. And, you know, speaking to my clients today that have bought in Brisbane, guess what's the number one that they say?
0: Wish I bought more. It's always hindsight. Same thing in Sydney. You know, if you bought out Western City, Sydney, you wish you bought more. <laughs>
1: A lot of those people on the forums were talking about Western Sydney and I could kind of see what happened. So I held on to that belief or maybe, you know, the same thing might happen in in, um, other markets. So that was one. And the second one that they said was I sold too soon or I sold when I shouldn't have sold. So that kind of formula, okay, this is the long-term game. I'm going to buy, I'm going to hold no matter what's happening in the market, what other people are saying, I'm just going to hold for as long as I can. And that was something that through all of those conversations that I had with the investors that came before me, those were the two things that stuck in my head and I'm thankful for those conversations because, you know, after holding for five, six, seven years, now starting to see some of the fruits of that labor.
0: His goals change as time goes by and he remembers his first goal or he tries to... to.
1: Touch football. Like, touch football aside from property investing was, was my life um, and all I wanted was to replace my work income. Then I could just train and play touch football as much as I can, which was 80,000 at the time. So that was my first goal. Uh, and then it wasn't until I started my business that we got the passive income of the 80,000, but then it kind of grew from there. And then over time, you kind of develop your own goals and so on and so forth. And I mean, talking about goals, that's another thing where I think, like, when you get into property investing, people ask you, Oh, what's your goal? You know, what are you trying to achieve? And before getting into property investing i didn't even know what goals were it's like yes you would go to your job and your manager will set your kpis and your goals for the year but i would never set goals or even think of setting goals for myself so it was just a very foreign concept and going through the whole investment journey now i realize the importance of it because when something happens when you know you don't want to push ahead or you think oh why am i even doing this the thing that pulls you through is going to be that goal. And you know goals have changed over time. My strongest burning goal was to quit corporate, to replace my work income and quit corporate. And I think that's why in my first two years of investing, we went from those two properties to 14 properties in the space of two years. So from 2013 to 2015, and then that's when I quit corporate. After that, I can honestly say that my goals have not had that same burning desire. Um, And that's probably why in terms of yes the number has grown but purely in terms of um the speed or the meaningfulness of it it's not quite there but in in saying that over time you do come up with other goals like 36 by 36 but do I, you know do i go to bed really wanting that 36 not 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 really so i guess you know a piece of advice is to get a goal that's really burning and if it's you know so meaningful to you you will find ways to make it happen
0: Coming up after the break, we hear about what stopped him in his tracks, but not for long.
1: But after that point, I then couldn't borrow anymore. No banks would absolutely touch me beyond that point. And I loved property. I loved, um, you know, everything there was about property and I wanted to continue buying.
0: What keeps him coming back to Logan and the staggering number of properties he holds there?
1: In the back of my mind, part of me wanted to buy elsewhere. But every time I ran the numbers, it just kept pointing me towards Logan.
0: He pinpoints the area of investing that gives him the biggest headache overall.
1: I'll say I'm this kind of like a caveat in terms of property investing. Like everything has its pros and cons.
0: And that's next. I'm Taran Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Five months later, the development was refinanced and we received our funds back with interest. Yes, there are amazing opportunities in the property market like this one. So do you want to get a better return with lower risk on your money? Then register your interest by visiting propertyinvestory.com. Shah elaborates on his property portfolio jumping to 2013 when the market in Western Sydney has started to go up and encouraged him to look further north.
1: I was starting to buy in Newcastle and then within the space of a year, year and a half, those markets started booming um, and then when I had completed my renovation, pulled out my equity and I was ready to buy again, I could not get those same prices and it was always hard to pay 300 dollars $400,000 for a house that you had paid just a year, year and a half ago for... Two hundred It just it, it just didn't make sense then. But my other main hurdle at that point in time was borrowing cap- capacity started becoming harder. Now, this was pre-APRA where borrowing capacity is so much easier than today. But even then, on the 70, 80,000, there was only so much that I could do if I was going to buy properties with lower rental returns. Like 3 or 4% was not going to get me where I wanted to go. So, the only area that I could find where it satisfied that it had to be close to a CBD, it was around the three to $400,000 mark because that's where I could get the deposit for the purchases and I needed something that gave me 6 or 7% rental return. And I looked everywhere in Australia and the place that I kept pointing back towards was Logan. Now, I'm sure a a lot of your listeners would know Logan today, but back then, Logan was a dump, and you know, like it should not have been because, you know, like it had all the characteristics, but back then, people will laugh at you for buying in Logan, just like in 2012, 2011, people will laugh at you for buying in Mount Druitt. It was exactly that same thinking, but at least in Logan, not that it was a great area and you know, something somewhere where I was dying to buy in but at least it gave me the numbers that allow me to continue buying my property portfolio. So from properties 5 to 14, I just continuously bought in Logan until I quit corporate.
0: Wow, (laughs) I'm on the edge of my seat Go, want to know what's next and and, and at one stage as well too, uh, you moved up to actually Queensland to to be literally living there for how long again?
1: (laughs) So I moved up there for two or three years, and the main reason was to be close to my mentor. Uh, so, at the end of fourteen properties, uh, to put it into perspective, this was like pre-APRA. My work salary was like eighty thousand, and I had loans about three point three million. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you, I'm kind of talk about that today, and it's just you know, it, it, it sounds crazy, but that's what the lending environment was like back then. In saying that, you can still do a lot of the same things that you could do back then. Uh, As long as you follow the same philosophy, but, you know, not to kind of that scale, but it is definitely still possible today. Um, But after that point, I then couldn't borrow anymore. No banks would absolutely touch me beyond that point. And I loved property. I loved, um, you know, everything there was about property and I wanted to continue buying. And the goal was always to quit corporate. And after pondering for a long, long time in terms of what I should do in the property space, And I explored literally every single avenue under the sun, you know, whether to be a real estate agent. I was even thinking of getting my builder's license. And this is coming from someone that has trouble changing a light bulb. So that's kind of how far of a stretch it was. Um, Thought about buyer's agent and that was really high on the list. And I finally landed on mortgage broking. Um, And part of the reason for that is what, you know, Rolf had done for me. Um, I could see the business model work. I could see that... If you help your clients in the right way, they can build a large and very successful property portfolio. So, I begged Rolf to be my mentor. Luckily, he said yes. Uh, And the day was literally, you know, I um, finished on a Friday and on Monday, I was driving up in my car with all my belongings and then moving up to the Gold Coast.
0: Wow, that was such a drastic change. What did your parents and family and friends all say? Because I remember when we had that conversation, I was a bit shocked going, what you're up in Queensland?
1: <laughs> I left everything behind to chase a dream, and it was yeah, like it was hard. Um, for the first couple of years, I would live Airbnb <laughs> just to save, and like it did make it easier. And you know, it's a side story, but I had a very close friend, Stephen Ryan, and we can chat about Stephen Ryan. He's actually a very successful YouTuber now, got hundreds and thousands of um, subscribers. Um, he's no longer in the mortgage broken space, but. We both entered mortgage broking at the same time. And we both lived at the same Airbnb, worked from Rolf office. And for the first couple of years, it was almost kind of like uh, your partner in crime in terms of building your mortgage broking business. So yeah, it was definitely hard, but also really rewarding. Think back to those times, very fond memories. But it also gave me that ability that being based on the Gold Coast, every single weekend I would drive up to... Logan to go up to open homes. And it was so funny back then because when you're first starting out as a mortgage broker, I was literally known as if you wanted to buy in, like if you were from Sydney and Melbourne and you were an investor wanting to buy in Logan, then you'll use Michael as a mortgage broker. (laughs) Mainly because I had no other cut through in any other market, no experience as a mortgage broker, probably not very good as a mortgage broker, but in terms of that very, very small niche, I knew my stuff. So literally for about a year and a half, every single weekend, I'll have a client either from Melbourne or Sydney come up to Logan. Or I'll meet them at the first property during the day and then we'll just go through a whole bunch of open homes. And I did that for a lot of my clients in the early days. And, you know, there was even a nickname for it because at one point it became the Logan bus because it was a time where we would have like seven, eight investors come up and... Think of it back then when we would all go into an open home and this is back when agents didn't see anyone in their open homes and the smile on the agent's face when they had seven, eight investors all come in that were all financially able to buy the property.
0: <laughs> the agent must have loved you <laughs> every single weekend. Oh yeah, there's that bus coming from, the Logan bus. We
1: have formed some really, really good friendships with some agents up there. I mean... They even came to our wedding and stuff like that. So, but it was a lot of fun during those times. Yeah.
0: Although he loved his time in Queensland, something or someone was pulling him back to Sydney.
1: Brought back to Sydney was for love, actually. I, uh, I, uh, I met a girl, <laughs> uh, and she was in Sydney. Um, and I precisely remember it was over Christmas. So over Christmas, I'll come spend time back with the family. Uh, came back, we went on one date and then after that, I never left Sydney again. <laughs> and then um, and, and, and a couple of years later on, we are married and now we're expecting our second baby in April. So, it's been a good couple of years. <laughs>
0: congrats. Congrats. Well, the rest is history as we all say.
1: <laughs> in terms of the property front, so what happened during those two years is when you start your business, you can't buy for two years. And I remember specifically those two years were very hard. I'll be looking at all these great deals my clients were buying and you're just like itching at the teeth to purchase more properties. So that definitely fueled me to work harder in the business to get the income up. So when I could do my second year's tax return, I could then start buying again. So And that's exactly what happened. Um, After two years, we pulled out a whole bunch of equity from all the earlier 14 properties that we had. um, I then used that money and then continued to acquire. And it it was to the point where I was looking to buy properties again. And this would have been around 2017, 2018. And uh, in the back of my mind, part of me wanted to buy elsewhere. But every time I ran the numbers, it just kept pointing me towards Logan. And it got to the point where, I mean, today we hold 25 properties in Logan um and every time i wanted to buy elsewhere you just came back uh, for a period of time you just could not beat 300 350,000 thousand dollar properties yielding at six percent and it was 25 30 kilometers to the cbd and even i was thinking why are prices so cheap why has it not gone up i'm buying today even cheaper than my first couple of properties that i bought um and it just kept going for a number of years and we just kept buying kept buying got to the point, even my wife was like, don't you have enough there? (laughs) I mean, they have not gone up for five years now and and, um, this would have been in 2020. Like, don't you think you have enough? Like, we should be saving for our PPOR, but you keep wanting to buy these investment properties. (laughs) Uh, uh, But that voice in my head, which kind of said, you didn't go hard enough where you could have. It was just, and I was just, my belief for the area was just so strong and you know from speaking to the agents from spending so much time on the ground there and you just had so much belief in the area and uh, yeah i mean thankfully in the last year things have started to change so i mean to put things into perspective even a year ago so in april 2021 we bought a three-bedroom high set in logan central for 247 thousand at auction so only 10 months ago, I mean it was a steal of a buyer, don't get me wrong. It was a great purchase but that property today, you're looking at anywhere between at least 400 to 450
0: While While Sydney Coffs Harbour and Newcastle properties have been doing well for a period of time, his Logan ventures are starting to catch up.
1: But the bulk of the growth in the entire property portfolio across the 25 in Logan has really only been in the last year. So, if I come on the podcast last year, would have been a very different conversation. <laughs> so maybe that's why I haven't come on for three or four years. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> no, hindsight's a beautiful thing. It's just one of those things. So, um, but yeah, it, it, it was difficult at that time. And everyone that did hold their properties for that period of time, people now today are like, oh, you know, of course it would have gone up, but For the people that did hold during that time, it was a continual joke whenever I spoke to clients. It was like, oh, when is this ever going to do something? So the fact that they have held on until today, I think kudos to everyone that did hold on.
0: So just to sort of give perspective, like what what is the value of the property portfolio worth right now?
1: At the moment, in total, we're looking at a touch over 26 mil.
0: Wow, that's phenomenal. And and how much did you purchase all those properties for in total?
1: Purchase price, uh, a little bit under 16 mil. So, in the space of, I mean, not not counting the two properties that are held. So, prior to kind of going on this investment journey because we started with two, I mean, yeah, approximately you're looking at about 10 mil there in about 9 years.
0: Phenomenal, man. Congrats. That's fantastic. Now that you've got a lot of equity in there, I'm assuming you're going, let's buy more.
1: (laughs) I'll say on this kind of like a caveat in terms of property investing, like everything has its pros and cons. I will say the biggest headache in terms of holding properties is the property management. <clears throat> so, I don't want people to go in with the notion that it's going to be easy, you're going to have no headaches and you're just going to be buying a property and then a year later, it's going to give you 200000 because that's not what it's like.
0: He approaches everything with great passion and enthusiasm, always taking the time to thank and acknowledge those who helped him along the way.
1: The number of headaches that we have, <clears throat> the number of tenant issues, repairs, maintenance, uh, properties needing to be leased out, it's just endless. Um, I'm very lucky in that regard where my wife handles all of that. So since then, she's actually started her own property management company in Logan just to look after our own properties. And I guess that's a benefit of having them all literally within a couple of suburbs of each other. But it is a lot of headaches. So you do also kind of have to think through whether it's feasible to manage all of these properties. Um, you know, when I was growing my property portfolio, I guess another story where there was points in time where I had <clears throat> properties vacant for more than six months. And and the truth of the matter is, as bad as it was, is I just forgot about that property. <laughs> and it was, you know, like, it was in the back of my mind, but I was trying to run my business, uh, trying to, you know, get that up and running had these 14 properties in the background. I don't check my, you know, rental statements with a fine tooth. And, you know, you would chase an agent and they'll be like, yeah, it's happening, it's happening. And, you know, one month rolled into two, two into three. And before I knew it, it was vacant for six months. Uh, And just a lot of those things, that's what actually hurts the bottom dollar. If it wasn't for someone like my wife now actively going through the property portfolio, making sure the water rates, you know, the um, uh, the water reimbursement is paid uh, that we're paying the council rates on time to get a discount. All of those things. If you don't have a good management for that, then property investing can be very costly to hold. So overall, um, you know, I'll be biased to say a mortgage broker is key to your team, but I'll actually say the most important person to your team is a good property manager, especially if you're looking to hold a large property portfolio.
0: So, does that mean then you've actually got people up in the ground in there and you guys remotely manage the people to actually do the repairs and maintenance and so forth?
1: We've got someone where are holding our keys. We've got a good team of trades. Uh, so, if we ever need something, we've got someone to send. Uh, we know, you know, everything that's happening with our tenants. So, that makes things a little bit easier uh, but that also comes from a lot of time and effort put into those properties. So, you know, at the moment now, I would even say that our properties in logan are better well looked after than some of my properties in sydney like i don't know what's going on with them but we know exactly everything you know when they're paying their bills uh when the next um lease is up all of that we know exactly so i think that i mean obviously it's not going to be feasible for everyone to be managing their own properties and i wouldn't recommend that if you only have a couple of properties but the key takeaway message is to get a really good property manager and if they're not looking after your property portfolios, don't hesitate to move. That's what happened to me in my early days where, you know, it wasn't leased for six months and I'll still believe the property manager that they'll find a tenant.
0: Me too. I will admit to that. I did had exactly the same thing and I thought, oh, this this property agent will come through and I was so frustrated. In the end, I, I gave up and I just went to another one and I was so, so happy that I did because I was like, why did I not do that three months ago? <laughs>
1: this conversation with other investors and they're like oh you know after the renovation finishes we'll change agents that renovation is not going to finish <laughs> so to um, answer your question in terms of kind of where to from here um in the back of our mind um looking for that dream ppor that's definitely on the list but being in sydney it's like you look at the sydney property prices and being uh, you know someone that likes to get good value, I, 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 I just can't bring myself to at this point in time.
0: Michael Shah's story continues in the next episode of Property Investory. He shares the deal he defines as his worst and for good reason.
1: I just so wanted to hit this double digit. It was like this magical number for me. So, I literally just bought any property off the street.
0: How balancing work life and home can be a tricky process.
1: There were times when the property price wasn't going up, then there's a lot more pressure from the spouse to stop doing what I'm doing.
0: He divulges where his latest purchases have been, which is a hop, skip and a jump from his usual investment locations.
1: I guess that kind of follows on, I mean, the main question that I get when I speak to clients is where should I buy?
0: And that's next time on property investory. <laughs> if you love the show, perhaps you're now ready to invest your money in a low risk, high return deal. If you are, then SMS me your name and email address on 0499881040 to become a lender. There are amazing opportunities in the property market right now. And I'm looking for lenders who want to invest their money for as short as 6 months. What are you waiting for? Don't let your money just sit in the bank. To register your interest, text me your name and email address on 0499881040.